Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another week of Hero or Zero here on the Heroes for Hire podcast. My name is Sean Mean. And joining me, as always, is disgraced samurai, Connor Lawler. The blade. It is gone. <laughs> oh, oh! he put some character into that was one. That, I love it. Was that okay? <laughs> oh, that was good. You've seen Heath Ledger's A Knight's Tale. I mean, who hasn't? Who hasn't seen A Knight's Tale? It's one of the classics. It's one of the classics. Oh, wait. No, I'm thinking of the Last Samurai with Tom Cruise you, and Billy Connolly. You were, and but Billy I'm going to let you. Re- I'm going to let you style it out because <laughs> the nice tale so- is fantastic. <laughs> there was a time in school where uh, the DVD player was wheeled in, and oh, you know it's a good day. One Friday we watched A Knight's Tale, and then the ne- very next Friday we watched The Last Samurai. This was in history class, by the way. Oh, definitely. Dead right. <laughs> and so now those two are, like, mixed together in my brain. Our um, history teacher once made us watch Forrest Gump. <laughs> and I think that's the laziest, <laughs> the laziest That's the most tenuous ever. fucking link to history I've Aye, ever heard. He's, you know, they photoshop him into places. <laughs> Actually, we were talking in history class in school. This is in, like, first year. So I was, like, 13. And we were talking about medieval sieges. And things like that. And so we watched uh, The Siege of Minas Tirith from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Your teacher was a nerd. Sean, by the way, nerd. have we introduced what Hero or Zero is? No, would you like to explain to the listeners what the show is all about? If this is your first episode, normally it does take us at least a minute and a half to get into what the actual show is. Um, so this is Hero Zero, where we choose one comic book character every single week. We talk their good points and their bad points. And we generally just give you a bit of a rundown of everything to do with that character. Now, I normally choose DC characters. Sean normally chooses Marvel characters. And mm. it is Sean's week. 
So I'm interested to know what character he has picked from a litany of Marvel characters who are both good and bad at various degrees of quality. This is true, Connor. And look, you say you normally do DC, I normally do Marvel. In a way, I've kind of done both this week. Because, and I touched on this in Your Hero Zero last week, but I stumbled across the most amazing website that I have in a very long time. Uh, So it's the website of public domain superheroes. Oh, no. So these are superheroes that literally anyone can use and take any elements they want from. And what I've done is I've gone through the site. I've picked a few of my favourites. And I picked them because you can kind of see where inspiration may have been drawn from various comic book companies. Are are we saying inspiration or are we saying copy my homework but change it a little bit? There's one very egregious one and I've saved it till the end uh, because literally... Oh no, Catman! (laughs) Wait, no, he already exists. No, so I'll explain more once we get to that character because there's one I'm going to tell you about him and then there's one element that you're like oh okay it's just a direct copy okay so we're going to start off with just a bit of backstory so Superman Action Comics number one that was 1938 because that was so successful a bunch of other characters from other publishers kind of sprang up Uh, and then of course the war happened Mm -hmm. and so at the end of that, a lot of those characters were like fell out of favor, and a lot of the publishing companies went out of business. Because so the, to be honest, most of them were just fighting Nazis. The a lot of idea it was. was they just punch Hitler until next week when we punch Hitler again, and then when the war ends, it's kind of like, well, what do we do now? Exactly, and that's why, like after the war, even Marvel experienced it, or Timely Comics, as it used to be. Like, war books just didn't sell anymore. Um, And so all of those characters just dropped away, went into the public domain. Anyone could use them. Um, And and a lot of people did. Um, So the first character I want to talk about is a character called Miss Fury. Now, Miss Fury was... You're going to love this. She was a wealthy socialite, Connor. (laughs) As all the best heroes are. To be honest, they all were back then. <laughs> they were all wealthy socialites. Um, so she was on her way to a party when she discovered that another girl was wearing the exact same outfit as her oh, fuck. to a party. Oh, fuck. Jesus yeah. Christ. We've this, all been there. It's uh, a plot now, twist I didn't see coming. I don't know if I was emotionally ready for that sentence, but now that it's happened, I can see where the emotional turmoil of the situation would lead her to become furious. Well, if a very good train of thought you've gone on there, mm. Connor, but I'm about to immediately derail it with our next sentence, which is that her housemaid Francine suggested that, to prevent embarrassment, Marla could wear an African panther skin that her uncle had given to her in his oh. will. <laughs> Fuck off, Francine! that is that you know what francine is that's the friend that like wants to look better so it's like yeah you know what you could wear 
the fucking weird thing in your closet that you haven't opened up for weeks. You know the fucking weird ugly you know the skinned panther that your uncle yeah. gave you? Where that? You said to As me Francine last is week. in like a full ball gown. <laughs> Pearls. Yeah. She's like, you know what you could use? Short shorts and maybe just a, a jersey. Maybe like a soccer jersey or something. Just wear that to the party. It'll be cool. <laughs> and sorry, I also say Marla Drake is Miss Fury. That's her. Oh. That's her real name. Um, so she was encouraged to wear this panther skin, but her friend Albino Joe advised against wearing the <laughs> ceremonial <laughs> outfit, meant to be worn only by a witch doctor. Uh, however, the outfit <laughs> fit her twist. precisely. I mean, I did not expect Albino Joe to show up here. I, I must admit, I did not know he was going to pop up in this story. And then to come in with good advice as well. Fashionista that, advice. Fashionista advice and just general mystical advice, Albino yeah. Joe. Albino Joe, by the way, his whole deal is that he is an Indian man, uh, but he happens to be Albino. So Boring. everyone has just called him Albino Joe from then on. He, he's a bit more of like a Doctor Strange Gok Wan kind of combo um, <laughs> like, he's willing to tell you that dress is bad but also it might raise the dead so I you would, have to be careful I would like to acknowledge that all of the listeners have just experienced the birth of a brand new sentence which is a Doctor Strange Gakwan cam- combo <laughs> nobody's ever put those people together <laughs> um, uh, so she puts on the outfit Connor the costume if you will Mm. However, Marla never made it to the party. Oh, fuck. See, on, on the way, she instead ends up helping to recapture an escaped murderer named Killer Dawson. Uh, I mean, there the, weren't too many suspects, to be honest. In, <laughs> he made it fairly case. obvious. Dick moved by his parents, I will say. <laughs> Is it Burglar Joe or Killer Dawson? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and he looks, looks down back at the body and then just looks out the window. Could have been either of them. It could have been either of could have been, could have been, could have been a, a team effort here. Um, <laughs> and after helping to catch the, mur- the escape murderer, she was bestowed the name Miss Fury. Uh, Miss Fury's vigilantism soon got the attention of Detective Carey, who sought to find her true identity, but later fell in love with Marla. Oh. So yeah. there, there's the old classic conflict of the vigilante and the police. Um, Can I ask what year this is? This is, I had it written down, but I'm after losing it there now. Let me just pull it up. It's like just after the war because it's set after the war. It was published in 1979. Because because, you know um, Batman's origin is Bruce Wayne socially goes out, is going to a party, but his friend James mm. Gordon or Jim Gordon brings him Mm. to a crime scene and then Batman brings it a a criminal. Okay. And what's your point? (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, there's no Gokwad involved <laughs> I do apologise where's, where's Jim Gordon giving fashion advice to Bruce Wayne In this Sorry, story Sorry, did I say Although Jim Gordon? I meant albino Jim Gordon <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a match <laughs> Makes sense Makes sense. Although actually, yeah It is her housemaid who suggests putting on the suit And all that kind of stuff Yeah, yeah. He does have Alfred um, Yeah, mm-hmm. so in terms of powers and abilities, uh, she's a skilled athlete, acrobat, climber and fighter, a uh, smart detective and very wealthy. Um, 
She is identified as the first female superhero created and drawn by a female cartoonist. Oh, that's uh, cool. That is cool. Uh, that's a nice, like... And there's a lot of that. A lot of these public domain superheroes are the first of their kind. And there's another one I'll touch on later. I've done a few of these. Um, there's another one I'll touch on later. But it's nice to see that they're kind of breaking new ground. It's kind of weird that it took until 1979 for a female cartoonist to get a female superhero published. But such was the times that they were living in. Uh, Christian groups. Ocean. Times we're living in now. How <laughs> uh, much has changed? Go on. A lot of Christian groups the patriarchy, attacked the comic strip. <laughs> but even so, American servicemen used to paint Miss Fury on the sides of their planes uh, during like the Vietnam War and stuff like that. Um, and she actually rarely donned the costume in the comic strips because it was associated with black magic and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So a lot of it was just her solving solving mysteries as herself. Which I think is- that's probably the most interesting part of a hero when you take away their outfit and they're just yes. a regular person, ultimately just being really just a police officer. Um, and that's why we buy comics. I want to see a regular person, <laughs> no outfit, just solving crimes the police mm-hmm. could also solve as well. But they can't because of the system that they're in. And they don't have black magic on their side as well. So we have to factor that that in. That does tend to help with things. Um, The next one I want to talk about, this is from 1943. And it's a character called Red Rube. Uh, So Reuben Reuben was a young orphan who ran away from the orphanage. You are going to know there's a lot of inspiration here in this character. And it's... Okay. Uh, Orphanage runs away. Okay. Yeah. After running away from the orphanage, he hid out in an old castle, but discovered that it was his his ancestor's home. Uh, You know what? The look of that is extraordinary. uh, His ancestors haunted the castle as ghosts, all of them sharing the name Reuben Reuben. So, the ghosts... Each gave him the powers that they possessed in life. They so, Christmas caroled them. They Christmas caroled this boy. Oh, shit. Michael they Kane. Muppets Christmas caroled him, yes. <laughs> they Muppets Christmas caroled him. <laughs> so the powers that they gave him, Connor, were strength, wisdom, speed, invulnerability, and courage. All he needed to do was to use these powers was call out, Hey Rube, and he would transform into Red Rube, a fully grown adult superhero. Oh, so he's a boy before he calls it out. Yes. Oh, that's interesting. Um, very similar to Superman, isn't it? Very similar to Superman. Very similar to Captain Marvel in the DC um, world. Would, I would say mostly it's the exact same as Captain Marvel. Um, now, I'm not sure what year... When was Captain Marvel first published, Connor? Because I, think he was, no, I, I think he was before even DC was created. Captain Marvel oh, he was, was in the old comics. That is true. That is true. Oh, yeah. Uh, 1939, apparently. Mm. So, yeah. So, just a copy then. <laughs> just a copy so just of Captain a, Marvel. Just a flat out. They're like, that's a cool idea. A child shouts a name and then becomes a grown adult with all the powers. Also, the ghost gave him exactly what 
Shazam has yes. in terms of like the letters and the gods and all that shit. It's a very sleek way of doing it, Connor. I mm. think you'll agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, the next one is going to be honest, Connor. It's a man with an eye patch. His name is Captain Battle. <laughs> you know what? You would follow somebody called Captain Battle in an eye patch. <laughs> you really that. would. And so, first line: John Battle. Uh, a veteran of World War One. So it's not even a cool name. His name no, is just, just his regular name. That's not cool. It's cool if he's John Smith, but he's Captain Battle. But not if he's John Battle. You can't just. That's just a regular title. He's Captain Battle. Yeah. Well, wait till he meets Admiral Coward, and we'll see how it goes. <laughs> uh, so he was a veteran of World War One. He saw that another war was coming and decided to stop it before it could happen. Mm, that's pretty impressive without 2020 vision as well. It, it really is. I think he lost the war, the eye later on, but. Uh, so he could understandable. see Understandable. Yeah. <laughs> he, he could. Uh, he was wounded in the first war and didn't want to see that happen to anyone else. He set up a laboratory on top of a mountain and began fighting against warmongers. Sorry, um, sorry, no, go yeah. on. There's, you'd have to take me back maybe one or two steps. Um, so he sees, he goes to war. He has PTSD. Yeah. He sees yeah. bad shit happen. Yeah. Step two, build mm. a mansion in the side of a mountain, become a superhero. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, now he's not alone. He's not alone, Connor, on the mountain. He also has his secretary, Jane Lorraine. Uh, oh, he brought. He, he has like a full-fledged business up there. He has a secretary and, and a lobby and maybe waiter groups. Oh, absolutely. He, mm. he partnered with his son, Captain Battle Jr. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, if your name is Battle, and the son got to Captain C as well. Got to Captain C. ranks. Very, very rising up the ranks very quickly, I would say. Very quickly. If the father's only a captain already, I'd say he's 50. The son, yeah. maybe 25, already a captain. Very impressive in terms of ranking. So he had no superpowers, but he had advanced technology, including, and I'd I be honest, I picked this character solely for this gadget that he has. Okay. He has the Curvoscope, allowing him to see anywhere around the curvature of the Earth. <laughs> Sorry. So wait, if he wants to see a street in Tokyo, he mm. can see it from the side of his mountain. Oh, he can. That's why he's up so high on the mountain. But, okay, follow-up question. Right. If he sees a crime that is, say, I don't know, in Spain, Barcelona, somebody's being murdered, he uses the telescope, he sees yeah. it. Does he then have to go get a flight to Spain he, has he doesn't no need to get a flight, get Connor. There. Captain Battle has a jetpack. <laughs> still, with a jetpack, it would still take so long to get from one place in America to another place. To, like, stop a mugging. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like if he seen a mugging, I would say five miles down the road. I was in also going to say five miles. Yeah, in, in the time it takes him to strap on the, the fucking jetpack, get the jetpack in the air, fly there, land, surely the crime has already been committed and everyone's at a loss. Yes, 
But when he does arrive, he has other such gadgets like the Dissolvo gun, uh, which hell. can disintegrate matter. Jesus Christ! <laughs> which I would argue is a better, it's a better invention than the Curvoscope. <laughs> I'd be leading with that. I'd be leading with I can dissolve you rather than I can see a crime from halfway across the world. So he, yeah, and look, he came out in uh, 1941. He's basically like a Nick Fury type. Um, you know, the hardened battle veteran. Ha- happens to have a son with the exact same name of him, but Junior. Happens uh, to have a telescope that he can use to see any crimes anywhere in the world. Which, to be honest, if we're going to get into it as a character basis, would lead to surely just more need for therapy and more PTSD. Because you'd see such horrors but be unable to do anything about them. Well, this is it. This is it, Connor. And this may have been the commentary that they were suggesting. Or you may have brought this up and I don't know how to handle it properly. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Interesting. Uh, And for for what it's worth, Nick Fury uh, came out in 1963. So 22 years after this, dude. You're telling telling me this is plagiarised. Nick Fury is plagiarised. Well, it was public domain. Public domain. Mm. They're perfectly within their rights to use this. Got away with it. Were they selling the the filing cabinets at this stage? Or they were still rich? I think this was the first round of filing cabinets. Actually, no. they, They had money. They had money because Nick Fury and the... Sorry, Sergeant Fury and the Howling Commandos was made by Stan Lee as a bet um, because he was someone bet him that he couldn't make a book about war that would sell in the 1960s. That's Uh, fair enough. Yeah, I think they were loaded in the 60s because Spider-Man and Fantastic Four and all that stuff. Yeah, I think like 70s, 80s they started to... Yeah, they dipped in the 70s and then they did X-Men, I think is what it was. Big in the 80s and then they were selling filing cabinets in the 90s. Yeah, and then 2000s, they were, like, fine. And then 20, 2008, Iron Man came out. They decided to just have all the money. Yeah, and, and not give any to anyone else. <laughs> um, and so we're going to finish off with... It's two characters, but they showed up in the same book. Ooh, okay. um, this is a character by the name of Hellrider. Oh, very similar to somebody else. Oh, you see where we're going here. Ooh. Uh, Almost similar to Ghost Rider. (laughs) (laughs) So, after graduating from Harvard, Brick Reese is drafted. (laughs) These names are amazing. (laughs) They're so good. Their child Brick, kid from the middle, who knowingly like curses their child with the name Brick. Sorry to any Bricks out there. I don't think the odds of Bricks listening to this. If you're a brick, up houses. (laughs) Fuck's sake. Um, So Brick is drafted and sent to fight in Vietnam. There he is wounded with a bullet to the base of the skull. Since the wound is inoperable, Brick grants his doctors permission to try an experimental drug named Q forty seven on him. The doctors say we don't know what kind of side effects this might have. Then why do you have it? Why do they have it there? Who gave it to them? This is just very random. It's just in the laboratory. Well, they have enough of it to give him a whole month of injections on the daily. Yeah. (laughs) We don't know the side effects. We're going to give you three years worth. (laughs) We're going to keep doing this forever. (laughs) We don't know the side effects, though. We cannot stress enough how worried we are about the side effects. Now give me your fucking arm. This is your fifth injection today. 
So after a month of the daily injections, the bullet dissolves and Brick gains tremendous strength. Uh, However, the powers are intermittent and as a result, he puts them from his mind. He just decides not to think about it. Just Um, forgets about it. He just forgets about it. He returns home to the States. He joins a a Los Angeles law firm um, and... Then one of his clients in the law firm is abducted. Her name is Julie Storm. Um, and he then decides to soup up his motorcycle, design a costume, and put his heightened muscles to work. Sorry, his occasionally heightened muscles to work as the Hell Rider. How occasionally? It's like... Uh, see, it's it's very hard to say how occasionally, because the Hell Rider comic ran for needs. two issues. Okay, but so, I would say it's probably more of a device for plot that, oh, I'm here to save you. Oh, no, I've suddenly lost all my powers. Exactly. And so, and look, when that does happen, he has a black belt in karate to fall back on when his oh. muscles fail him. Um, his Harley Sportster motorcycle is equipped with a flamethrower under the headlights, <laughs> rocket boosters, which can give him nearly vertical ascent, uh, napalm tanks and a jet which throws out an oil slick from the front. <laughs> At the front? From the so front. That would be the worst place to put it. Why would you put it in front of you to shoot out now, the oil slick? I've nearly caught up with them. <laughs> Quick, <laughs> put the oil in front of me. Oh, but this friction, it's keeping me from catching the criminals. <laughs> They're like, he gets in front of them and he's like, now, quick. I'll release my oil, and in three minutes after I skid over that fucking barrier, they'll be driving straight over it. And then it's <laughs> easy pickings for me. And so he also teamed up with a character named Butterfly on occasion. Um, again, showing up in the two issues of the Hellrider comic. Um, you know what? That's kind of a bold strategy to have two issues that already have a crossover. It's pretty good, right? Uh, mm. And... Butterfly had a jetpack for flying and a costume laden with strobe lights uh, so she could blind and distract her enemies. Um, So her name is Marion Michaels. She's a Las Vegas cabaret singer by night and the crime-fighting Butterfly by even later night. (laughs) (laughs) When they wrote that, they all (laughs) high-fived and... (laughs) <laughs> they walked out. They're like, we did this. We've nailed it. We've, we've um, got this sorted, folks. Can I just ask, real quickly, has anyone mm. ever associated a butterfly with bright lights? That's a very good point. Mm. Uh, they're generally known for being just beautiful and delicate creatures, not blind you if you look at them kind of things. I, I don't think anyone has ever associated butterflies and like, oh, that light is so blinding, or even, wow, that's a bright light. If there's Before. one flying insect that is related to light, it's a moth, surely. Um, you would pick the moth. You'd pick the moth. And it's like, oh, I brought my own flame. You know, like, that's, that's what the moth would say. Um, so, and look, I'm going to finish off on a couple of bits of trivia. First of all, about Butterfly, she was the first black superheroine in comics. That's actually um, a very good, very good thing. Very good thing. Um, and then... <clears throat> The, the the next ones, they apply to both Butterfly and Hellrider because they're from the same comics. So the Hellrider comics were mature audience magazines 
And so they did not have to abide by the Comics Code Authority back in the 70s, which stopped people, like you couldn't show blood and like you couldn't show evil winning and all this kind of stuff. So they they were exempt from all of that. But as I said, there were only ever two issues of Hellrider. A third was completed, but was never published. Um, and finally, the publishing firm Skywalt did not include a proper copyright notice on its issues of Hellrider. Meaning, because of copyright law at the time, as soon as it was released, the characters became public domain. <laughs> they now, stopped only. They definitely got told that after issue two. So it was like, hey yeah. guys, have have you read the copyright thing on the on the cover? It doesn't actually give you the ownership. What? Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, guys, we're going to be home for Christmas. We've got three already lined up. Oh, we're going to be millionaires. This character's going to be ours and ours alone. Say what? (laughs) Oh, interesting you say that, Connor. And I don't mean for this to, like, turn into, oh, this company did this. But Hellrider, the first two issues came out in 1971. Uh, Ghost Rider, the Marvel uh, motorbike-bound superhero... Mm. Came out in 1972. Interesting. Very interesting, I would say. Stan, we're going to have to have a chat, Stan. Because (laughs) what's happened here is somebody has come to Stan and they've said, there's this weird character that had two issues, but it's free domain, so we can just copy it. And he went, yeah, do that. Bring it in. Let's print some money. And in, in keeping with all of our conversations about Ghost Rider... Technically, it's fine. Technically, it is fine that Ghost Rider has sex with his own sister. And technically, it is fine that Marvel copied off Death Rider. But we can all agree, it's a bad move. It's shady. It's in the heavy mood of shadiness. (laughs) So that's my report on just a few uh, public domain superheroes that are out there. There's a bunch more. But those are just some I thought, like, you can actually clearly see all of the parallels in these. I would actually be intrigued now to look in that next week for, like, a DC version. I already have my DC Hero Zero lined up for next week. So maybe, like, the might go after that. I might have That's a, a good shout. I, I like these kind. Of, I like this kind of thing. I like looking back at, like, the history of comics and where characters came from and things like that. So Because those the, characters are the basis of most of the heroes that are famous now. Absolutely. Like, if you have to pull inspiration from somewhere, why not take the publicly available and you the publicly available superhero and you get the added benefit of, like, if you want, you can tie it into that history, you know? I th- I th- I'm pretty positive, like, that's most of comic books now, anyway. Like, they literally, there's a smaller comic book uh publisher that runs a character and DC or Marvel probably in the 60s and 70s were like that's a cool character we'll buy it off you I'll yeah. give you 3 billion <laughs> and they're like oh, okay f- okay fine <laughs> <laughs> that's actually the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the guys who made that are like loaded but they have the cool thing of like they just never sold it for like ages like they yeah. eventually sold it I think in like I think one of them sold it in the start of the 2001 and the other one maybe 2010 but, like, for all those years when they were printing money, like, Marvel and DC kept coming to them and were like, work with us. 
Like, yeah, we we could we could make money together. And they're like, well, we're making trillions by ourselves, so we're just going to keep doing whatever we're doing. Yeah, that's a real success story. Like, because they started out as a very violent like comic book series, and then became like kids TV show. And just made uh, Ninja Turtles that. fascinates me because those guys are like two of the richest people in the world in all comic books, and it, it should work. But it does. <laughs> the uh, oh, no, I, I'd like to hear if people enjoyed like this episode or even the concept of this episode. Do let us know, um, and we we can look into doing more if needs be. Um, but do 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 you want to do you want Connor? Do, do you want to take us out? No. Okay. No, fair enough. Right. Imagine what if I just, just ended it there? Record. Just a hard cut. Just, just a hard cut. Just, just Should, beep, we? Beep. Should we? Should we do it? <laughs> um, if you like what you heard here, we have lots of other Hero Zeros that you can go check out. All lots of DC and Marvel characters that we've covered. And um, if you could give us a like on a review on whatever platform you're listening to this on, it would really help us out. Um, I don't know why. It's above my pay grade, but apparently it helps. Um, the more yeah, yeah, it's. Get. The someone yeah someone once told us that the more likes you get the better a person you are uh, no so. that's not true apparently the more likes you get or like the better review you have the more likely it is spotify will be like hey you like comic books maybe you like this that kind of stuff um, yeah, so yeah, algorithms yeah, and all that stuff if, if you could give us a like that'd be fantastic um, you can follow us on Twitter. It's at Heroes for Hire Pod, the four is the number four. Facebook is Heroes for Hire Podcast. Instagram is Heroes for Hire Podcast. We also have a Patreon. Over there, we have loads of extra episodes. Um, we've got all these movie reviews. Uh, we've reviewed most of the Disney Plus series that happened last year. So if you want to head on over there, um, you can become a patron today and you get access to all that extra content. For all, it's, all, it's all the good stuff, the VIP stuff. The VIP um, stuff, the Batman Returns stuff, the Batman Spider-Man Returns. 3 stuff. <laughs> Mostly Spider-Man 3 stuff. <laughs> um, and you could also, we also have a Facebook group, the Detective Devils Discussion Group. You could uh, join that and get amongst all the chats. But most importantly, you can just tell one human being that we exist. Just the one, please. So I have been Connor Lawler. I have been Sean Neal. And we shall see you all next week, please. Bye. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. 
Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.